So I think in for late, you know, for this year, I feel quite optimistic now that we've made it through the winter, whatever the sort of figures say on negative economic growth or whatever. I kind of feel quite optimistic heading into later this year that we've made it through the winter. I think things will get better. Hi, everybody. I am Dom Hawes, and you are tuned in to Marketing Trek on the Marketing Difference channel. Now, last week on the podcast, I met the amazing Sally Winter, Marketing Director at award-winning employee software developer Benefex. And Sally brought a really interesting perspective to our series on resisting recession. She brought, of course, deep expertise in both marketing and leadership, but she also brought a very people-first perspective. In short, together, we talked about how people power could just be many companies' salvation during tough times. And if you didn't catch that show live, you can catch up later. It's a good listen, so I really would recommend it. This week on the show, I meet Rupert Rickson entrepreneurial whiz kid and founder of the super creative digital first film production company perspective pictures now rupert literally started his business in his parents garden shed but he now has a team of 30 or so super bright stars making digital first videos for the likes of red bull lululemon and many many more future forward brands and i thought that he would be a really interesting person uh, to talk to about resisting recession because Rupert has not worked through a recession in his life. So he's not fettered by previous experience. And of course, this time around, in this downturn, we've got loads of new tools, loads of new ways of doing things that mean that the old ways might not be so effective. So in a kind of Cartesian way, he's an ideal person to talk to. And I think you'll find that his approach to marketing and business in general is very, very refreshing. He's extremely experimental and he's very, very easy to listen to. Now, I've put loads of links on the full show notes, but you can only find those at marketingdifference.co.uk. Please do go there. You'll find shortcuts to some of the videos that we talk about in this episode. And of course, you can find his stuff on, on YouTube. So without any further ado, let's now say hi to Rupert. So, Rupert, hi. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good well, to see that it's expanded since I was last here. It's a bit, the studio is bigger. It is literally twice the size. It doesn't mean the podcast is twice the size, but the studio is. So, um, anyway, look, it's good to have you here. Um, and, of course, Rupert was on the last season of Marketing Trek, where we did a, um, a whole thing about video. So, if you haven't yet heard that, go back and have a listen. That was a really good episode. So, uh, some of the stuff you may have told me before in this studio, but for the sake of the episode, episode, let's um, let's set some context. Tell us a little bit about perspective, like the story and uh, and your current role. Absolutely, yeah. So we are a digital first video production company. We make all sorts of video content for you know big household names, you know Red Bull, Lululemon, whoever else, right down to kind of small and exciting startups. Uh, I started the business almost exactly seven years ago, as of yesterday, in a shed in my parents' garden. And it's kind of been a process since then. Initially, it was kind of my mates getting them on board, but it's kind of growing and making better and better stuff, more and more exciting stuff. And now here we are today, where we are. Great. So so how big is the team now? So we're a team of 25. And what's your average age now? Probably 24, 25, okay. probably about that number. So one of the things I love about your, apart from the output, I love the youth and the excitement in your company. So normally at this stage, I go, how did you get to where you are today? Like, what are your brief career points? But you started this when you were really young, didn't you? 
Yeah, so I, I kind of ran various businesses with my mum, uh, renting out Nerf guns for kid, kids' parties, and then like kind of grew that and got into video and was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Um, I made a documentary where I skateboarded across America from LA to New York, and you know that went. we sold that to Netflix sometime last year. And then I worked at a drinks company for a little bit. So I've kind of done various little sort of bits and bobs, but this is sort of the like perspective is the biggest company I've ever worked at, and it's the most real job I've ever had. Well, one of the reasons I'm also really excited is that Several of the people we've had in the studio on this particular session have lived through recessions, but those people also probably wouldn't have taken the same approach that you did to marketing in the first place. And I think, you know, the story that that you've told me about how you started using social to drive deal flow is really interesting. And I want to come on to that later because if people don't know the story, it's really cool. I want to talk about the market because... You know, economists are still saying we're not in recession. And, and every time I post about this podcast, Resisting Recession, I get smart asses going, but we're not in recession. <laughs> like, we're not, but it feels like it. What are you seeing in the market? Are you seeing issues or are you just making hay? We've, we're definitely, I mean, for us, it's very hard to say because obviously actually we're, we make up quite a small part of the picture. We're not like one of these massive agencies that feel the macroeconomic climate like so, you know, sensitively. But for sure, we've not grown as much this year as we did last year. Like last year, year on year, we doubled our revenue and we saw like this big kind of explosion coming out of COVID. Whereas this year we've grown like... 20% year on year, which for us isn't isn't kind of white where we want to be at. That's actually, you know, that's tough market. We're spending more on marketing this time than we were last year to generate that same business. So we're finding that our ads aren't as effective as they used to be. So there's not as much appetite in the market. And the, the amount of creative stuff we're working on, you know, we've done some amazing work this year, like filming the Red Bull video where the, you know, with a plane landing on a helipad and all sorts of like really fun stuff. But actually, there's definitely a little bit more corporate stuff going on and that's normally what we feel is that like these like big budgets of like really exciting like pieces of content that get us really going those are sort of are the first things that start to go and the stuff that just needs to be made and kind of ticks over is the stuff that takes over a little bit so it's hard to say like i said because we're such a small part of the of the puzzle but for sure we're you know we, we've experiencing some impact but, but are you seeing for example decisions taking longer to make or is your sales cycle kind of the same as it was before yeah, sales cycle is, is sort of not too dissimilar. I just think, yeah, it's the caliber of work that's coming through, the budgets that we're seeing, and then just the the amount of effort that we're putting in to win that okay, work is, is much bigger. Yeah, I get it. Harder work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And what about, what about for the rest of the year? Do you think things are going to ease in 2023? I'm seeing a lot of green shoots in the market at the moment. I think people are starting, I mean, the way I'd categorize the market over the last probably eight months is this stop-start thing. And I think, you know, people are holding back on budget because they're not sure they should be spending, then suddenly realise they're falling behind, so they start spending. And then, like, from an agency point of view, you get no work, and then you get too much to handle, and it's really hard. I mean, that's very damaging to productivity. But I'm now starting to see that those bigger briefs, like the braver briefs, are starting to come back. What do you think for the rest of 2023? I mean, what are you saying? What are you saying to your team about the year? I certainly think that, like, what you're saying about everyone's sort of been waiting to see what's going to happen. Everyone's been going into the year like oh you know is this going to be the recession whatever there was so much anxiety that I remember in the media and everything else on the run up to Christmas and then we all survived Christmas and it wasn't it was milder the weather than we thought it was going to be and the cost of living wasn't as terrible you know like I remember we were having meetings before then about like what's the electricity bill going to do like all this kind of thing and that sort of stuff's leveling out so yeah I think that as we get into the year I think 
understanding what the climate actually looks like will kind of bring more confidence. And even if we are in a session or whatever, just it's the threat of like this sudden huge downturn that I think scares people, and makes people hold on to budgets, like you say. So I think in for late, you know, for this year, I feel quite optimistic now that we've made it through the winter, whatever the sort of figures say on negative economic growth or whatever. I kind of feel quite optimistic heading into later this year that we've made it through the winter. I think things will get better. Yeah, me too. And it's spring and the sun is shining. It's hard not to be optimistic. I know, when the exactly, so nice. exactly. <laughs> I normally go in and talk about politics, you know, Brexit and stuff, but I'm guessing that probably doesn't affect you too much because you're you trading cross-border. Do you have to fill out loads of forms to ship equipment overseas or are you just cracking on? Yeah, so we, we have quite a lot of overseas clients. Our two biggest clients are both abroad, um, are both international like European clients. But we don't tend to see too much stuff. It's just the economic impact that it's had um, really beyond anything. But, but other than that, regulation-wise or red tape-wise, it's, it's not been an issue for us. Okay, so what would you like to see government do to support business? I think that for me, there's this like kind of um, feeling. When I've been traveling recently, uh, we did a shoot in Dubai, we did a shoot in Singapore. These are like rapidly growing countries and there's so much optimism in terms of the people you speak to. That could be people from like a super working class background that are working as like cab drivers or that could be like people that, you know, working within business that are, you know, making a lot more money or whatever. But there's this general optimism because they've achieved so much in such a short space of time economically. You know, so I think that there's this there's this kind of sense of optimism and the thing that really upsets me coming coming back to this country is that we have some like phenomenal, phenomenal talent in this country. Like we are like cutting edge, you know, in terms of like so many elements of technology and we have some of the world's best creative across like film, music, like agency, all this sort of stuff. And there's so many things to be really excited about. And I just feel like so for such a long time, it's all been about dim damage limitation. It's all been quite negative. And that's kind of been the obsession and the narrative. The main political parties are all about like, like Labour's obsessed with talking about conservatives and criticizing them and whatever else. And like for me, I would just really like to see more like positive leadership and excitement around what we have to offer, going around and, and offering that internationally and instilling that sense of positivity again. Because here there's there's so much worry and so much anxiety. And you know, whereas you go to like places like Singapore and they're so optimistic and they're yeah. so excited. And even if people haven't financially benefited personally yet, they feel like they will and they feel like that, you know, by working hard they're gonna get somewhere. Yeah, the the, the polar thing seems to be really alive and well here like there's a whole bunch of people who don't feel like they can win unless somebody else loses certainly in singapore i was there last year as you say you don't get that feeling it's like everyone wants to win peter russell smith actually who was on a previous episode of this season i asked him the same question he said the uk needs a rebrand right the whole thing the whole country <laughs> needs a rebrand so i think that's excellent that point now i want to um i want to talk about your business because uh, this ostensibly is about giving advice to marketers, things that they can do. And I know that when you were a startup, of course, you don't have massive budgets and you have to be really creative in how you get awareness and get in front of people. Can you tell me the story of how you came to do the tank ad and just talk through that? And I think if we can, maybe if you can get a copy of it, I'll stick it on the, um, I'll stick it as an asset onto the show notes so that people can see it. Yeah, so we raised some money to kind of scale the business. And all of a sudden we went from having absolutely no budget to like, money to spend on things and invest in things and I was like this is crazy so we like hired a salesperson and did all these other sorts of things and quite quickly we kind of realized that actually the scaling of expenditure wasn't scaling the income and I was starting to go like oh wait this isn't 
like this isn't sustainable. Like this, the things we're spending money on aren't generating new, isn't generating new cash. So I went to one of, I, I was I was at drinks with one of our investors and they sort of said to me, well, have you thought about Facebook ads? I was like, that's a bit weird because it's like kind of B2C, it doesn't really make sense. But like he kind of showed me the platform and actually taught me how to run them. So I thought, okay, cool. Well, we better do a video for it. So I made this like awful, like fucking shit video <laughs> of me just in the office like wearing a crease hoodie as I always do and um, just speaking into a camera until like two hours to film we put some really crap gifts in it and it was just like me being really direct about like the problems in video production like the problems in the industry how we've approached them differently and it's like a really really direct pitch and we released it and it works really well the quality of the leads that we were getting was like wasn't at the time, like our average project value was like a thousand pounds or something. So yeah. we were getting like six hundred pound jobs, and I was like, "This is crazy! You can just turn <laughs> on a money tap. This is mental." So we doubled our revenue like within like two weeks, or like what our monthly revenue would be. And I was like, "Sick! This is amazing!" And then actually broke the team and broke loads of other parts of the business because we'd scaled so quickly. So that was a big lesson for me. But um, so we did that, and then I thought, "Cool! Well, maybe I'll just do like a really artsy, creative version of this." Um, you know, and we'll get better leads and we'll get more business because this video really isn't very good. So we made this better version of it in inverted commas and it performed really badly because it wasn't as direct. It wasn't me being like, this is what we do. This is how great it is. Like with that being so specific, we weren't switching people off and like turning people away effectively from bringing them to the funnel. Yeah, so basically we sort of made, so we made this other version, didn't work very well that I thought was gonna be better. So we tried to put the two things together and I was like, cool, we're gonna make like the sickest ad possible, which is just me speaking to camera at the same yeah. time. So I like, we hired like a drift car, I stood on top of a tank, like we made every single scene like somehow like a loose metaphor to reinforce kind of what I was saying and to kind of follow the thread, to kind of keep people engaged, but equally I was being very, very direct with the sales pitch. Um, and it worked brilliantly and our like the value average value of job like quadrupled we had like new brands like buzzfeed and people like that coming to us that was like not just someone who had yeah. sort of like startups and stuff so it totally changed it and i was like oh shit this is sick so we've just since then every year every 18 months or whatever we've revisited that ad redone it yeah. to like the highest level we can and each time the you know the, the value that comes from it increases well that's exactly what i meant at the start of today's show how refreshing is it to hear rupert's no limits approach to experimentation you know he built his business but also a new business system from scratch and He's landed some really big whales in the process. And what he proves to me is, if you don't venture, you don't gain. So to all of those listening who are switching off their marketing, I say this. Repurpose, reimagine or refine, but don't stop altogether. Your budgets might be under pressure, but that doesn't mean stop altogether. Because there's always a gap between action and reaction or action and outcome. So you simply can't stop and not suffer at some stage in the future. So if your action is to stop now, you are literally guaranteeing yourself big problems ahead. So be bold, stand up for what you know, and let's get marketing. Okay, that's the lecture over. Let's get back to the show. So it totally changed it and I was like, oh shit, this is sick. So we've just since then, every year, every 18 months or whatever, we've revisited that ad, redone it to like the highest level we can. And each time the, you know, the, the value that comes from it increases. And the budget for that kind of thing is not enormous. No. So, well, the, the first version, you know, which is what I think what you might need to iterate something or to test something, you know, cost 
I mean, obviously we have the capability in house, but it costs us like, you know, like six hours of time. You might be able to pay a freelancer like 600 quid to do something like that, 500 quid. You know, and now now the amount of days shooting, like we've we've started to make these ads sometimes for other agencies and stuff, and it costs about 30, 40 grand um, for us to make it for them without that in-house resource. And that's with expenditure on (laughs) exciting things. Like the most recent ad, I sit on top of a plane while delivering my lines, and we rented another plane to fly next to me. You know, which made it so why much. Wouldn't, why wouldn't you hire two planes, right? <laughs> well, exactly. And it's, listen, it's 1,200 quid. It's a good deal. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's way, way cheaper wow. than you think it is. That's, that is um, much cheaper than I thought. The sand on top of a plane as well. And I'm really scared of flying. But yeah, so spending money on putting stuff in the video for the audience, you can't make it all for you. You have to like invest in something for what you're showing to people. Um, and it works really well. So I think the, the really interesting thing here, I mean, quite apart from the fact that you were you know, very creative in the output and you took a lot of risks, certainly with the tank ad, because it could have just come across as completely barking. But I guess you know what you're doing, so it's not. But but it's using social and it's using social in a way that other people probably aren't thinking about. Resisting recession, looking for new ways of cutting through the noise. It's not going to be on LinkedIn, frankly. Although, actually, how did how did your latest one? Because I saw some Red Bull stuff on LinkedIn. How did, how did, how did those posts perform? Do they do well or...? Yeah, it seems to be okay. We're just experimenting with like, we do LinkedIn ads. So we run these ads from Facebook on LinkedIn. They don't perform as well. The cost yeah. per lead is much higher. We're yet to see kind of, you know, if, if the conversion rate's any higher or anything like that. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're investing in like organic, just like LinkedIn posting, just yeah, okay. posting from myself. But still, are you still using Facebook or are you switched to TikTok for your ads now? So we've tested TikTok and it's just not worked as well. The engagement and the cost of the traffic is much lower, but there's we didn't find any... But like I think we spent nearly 2K on testing TikTok and we got no leads. No Whereas the cost per lead yeah. on Facebook, Instagram is like 300 pounds. Wow. So for us, Facebook, Insta is still the, okay. still the platform. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you want to experiment, you can get in touch with Rupert and experiment advertising on Facebook at very low cost. What, <clears throat> what other, if you were going to be advising like other marketers, things they can do now during recession to cut through the noise, to be creative, um, either with video or without, what would you advise them? I think just trying to do something that's different and adding value to other people's lives, not just concentrating on what your sort of KPIs or whatever else are and trying to add values for your customers or community or whatever else. I loved like the fuck Oatly thing. I don't know if you saw that, where Oatly like launched a website where they outlined <laughs> all of their like blunders over the years and like all of the moments that they've been cancelled or whatever, you know, and explained like some of them were like are oh, bad. Some of them were like, this was totally bollocks, like this is whatever. And that 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 kind of um, website seems to do really well and there seems to be a lot of uptake. So I absolutely loved that. I thought it was a really genuinely bold move from them and I thought it was really cool. So I think that doing things like that where, you know, advertising where you put some really, really cool, really interesting things in there, like thinking laterally about how you can reach your audience or engage them by showing even negative things yeah. about you, which kind of goes against the whole rule book right so i think things like that really really stand out at times like this particularly when like i said it feels like the creative um the quantity of creative out there sort of goes down yeah um well it struck me that the start of this conversation you said that in recession it's the fun stuff that disappears and like the the boring corporate stuff remains and that's the stuff that everyone's doing though you get no cut through at all right so maybe maybe if you're a b2b business right now you probably want to put some brave pants on absolutely i think that like being brave in these in these periods of time is like 
is what it's all about. Is it's not about like the growth you're going to experience during because going through a recession or like when we went through COVID, which was horrendous for us as a business because you can't go out and film. Like it wasn't about growing during that period. It was about how are we going to set up the business to grow once this is over because it will end eventually. So you know, for us, like we took on our revenue, like we were, you know, we were struggling, but we hired a load more people because the labor market was really good and we were able to get like really fantastic talent at the time. Um, we hired, we took on a new office that was like 10 times the size so we could have like studios and edit suites and we renovated it because we had the time to renovate it. We rebranded, we spent money on a new company ad. So like we were really aggressive during that period. And then as soon as we came out of that, restrictive economic climate we we grew massively really quickly and we had the capacity to do it whereas everyone else went into this phase of being like shit we need to hire people and they couldn't get talent because yeah. because all of a sudden the labor market so but we had like integrated team all trained up in new premises with you know new brand going out there and yeah. you know it was it for us it, it ended up being timed really well obviously that could be a little bit irresponsible i'm not saying just go out and spend all your money <laughs> during hairy, a recession <laughs> i mean again it's a brave decision but that you know fortune favors the favors the bold so, um, you also made some great films during lockdown. Um, I need to put some links. I'll put some links on, on the show notes for this. Um, okay, so look, if you're going to give advice to like, marketing leaders this year, what, what would that be? It's a really tough question. Now. I apologize for asking. I'm just throwing, <laughs> throwing it at you. Yeah, it's hard because it's like the easy thing to say is like, do something fun, do something interesting, you know, whatever. But that's obviously like what everyone says and that sort of, you know, I think that's relatively straightforward. And then there's this kind of continuous narrative that I always hear about, like, during a recession, invest in marketing and don't yeah. reduce your spend because the companies that spend money always come out of recessions the fastest and there's a nice graph. I don't know if that's true or if that's just something that us advertising agencies say to everyone as a sales we tactic. Do, we do say it to everyone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, just... I haven't seen any data yet. <laughs> and I don't know who released that hockey stick curve that was like, oh, just spend all your money on marketing during lockdown and then or during recessions and you'll do great afterwards. But you just told us a story. About exactly that. Yeah. While everyone else was hiding under the covers, scared to go out because of COVID, you built a team, moved an office, built a studio, renovated it, and you came out swinging. So maybe marketing leaders, maybe they need to make, be making the cases, case of their businesses a little stronger. I think particularly because we're seeing green shoots now, that actually now is, like you want to get in early on a wave if you want to ride it properly. And I think if there's a recovery coming, and I think there is a recovery coming, then maybe now is the time for them to be more ambitious. I think also not being, and again, this might sound counterproductive, but like we continue to market our Facebook ads during COVID when we had like, it was almost impossible to film. It was like, it was a, it was a big downturn for our industry. And there was a huge amount of brand recall afterwards when we sort of came out and there were people kind of coming back to us. So for sure, I think there's an element of like, of like you say, sort of being brave, pushing yourself out there um, and not being too harsh on your own metrics in terms of how things are performing in the short term because for us like yeah. we looked at our cost per lead rise to like two thousand pounds a lead from like 300 pounds which was absolutely nuts for us but we did continue to in the background kind of invest in awareness campaigns and and things like this and certainly i think that really helped and then just the cost of reaching people was lower it was just that they weren't converting so I think it was very, we'd certainly reduced our spend, but it would have been very easy to look at that and go, this isn't worth it anymore, just switch it off, and then you start from scratch again. But like you say, I think getting in earlier and, and being able to ride that wave kind of back up um, makes a huge amount of sense. But it's so tough because it's so dependent on the business. I think you have to really try and understand your business and your market and your customers and 
and you know make decisions based on that because like everything else is just so broad yeah. and it affects people so disproportionately these recessions like like we might say negative economic growth of one percent but that's 40 percent off some businesses and other businesses have grown during that period so you know it's hard to say yeah look i can't go before asking you about landing an airplane on a building in dubai i just saw um i revisited the um the linkedin post i think it was linkedin i saw on uh where you talked about turning that thing around in seven hours so tell us a little bit about that story how did, how did it come about so that was an, an incredible project. So Red Bull sort of reached out to us and they sent us an email that was like, we're going to land a plane on top of a seven-star hotel. And they put that in the, like, in the email subject line. <laughs> and they were like, highly confidential, but have we got your attention? We've got like a project for you. We think it's going to be amazing. Um, really, really, like, really, really cool project. Um, we knew that basically because of the news cycle and that it was going to go out and it's going to be like one of the big moments and sort of stunts for them of the year, we knew that the audience like was going to be very concentrated in one period of time. People would see it on Instagram or TikTok and then they want to go see the full story. Um, so we know that we, well, they knew that the video needed to go out very, very quickly. And that number was seven hours. So what we did is we took simulator footage that replicated the camp where the camera angles were going to be. And we spent like two, three weeks editing that, re-editing it. We used like terrible animations of just like an egg bouncing up and down being like i'm gonna land this plane with like my voice over it so we had like this really sort of crude smashed together like pre-visualization but we used that to go backwards and forwards on things sort of on the day and you know sort of before the day and make sure that we're all 100 percent happy um and then the sort of stunt happened you know we went out to dubai we continued working on this the stunt happened it was like incredible like thing to witness that absolutely loved being a part of it like the atmosphere and the energy and the fear leading up to it because there were so many things that could go wrong it was so sensitive because the wind had to be traveling from a very specific direction and obviously the margin for error is pretty low when you're trying to land a plane onto a like a hotel that still has its guests in it so so yeah it was it was it was a really sort of like really really enjoyable project and then as soon as the the stunt was done. All the cards were brought down. They were put onto like an SSD server that was distributed. To, like we had two editors there, and they were sort of working together. One would firm something up and send it to the other, and then they would kind of drop it in. Because they'd already edited it on the simulation, they knew exactly the shots they were looking for. And yeah, wow. Exactly. And we put, um, they were in like a busy sort of newsroom. There was like a news cut going out. There were loads of other things around them. <clears throat> so we put labels on their backs being like, do not talk to me. Because yeah, people I've would go those, over, yeah. like, you know, even people that have been involved in the stunt, they'd go over and they'd be like, Oh, how's it looking? Can I see some of this? And I'm like, do please do not go anywhere near them. So we managed to kind of shield them uh, from that. We got the video out. Um, there was a lot of like, there was like some in, you know, talks about what was right to go in and what wasn't. And there was some last minute changes and stuff as yeah. there always are with clients. Um, but the guys absolutely smashed it um, to team Charlie and Moen both did like a phenomenal, a phenomenal, phenomenal job on it. That's cool. So one of the reasons I wanted to finish on that is that you know, for me, one of the ways of breaking through a recession is to be different. And I think, you know, you, what you've managed to cultivate really well is a sense of fun in the work that you do. And that really comes across well, because Red Bull could have gone to any video production anywhere in the world to get that done, but they, but they came to you guys. Uh, and it's an amazing story. Um, so Rupert, thank you very much indeed. That's all we have time for today. Um, but I look forward to speaking to you maybe sometime in the future. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Well, I told you at the start that Rupert was refreshing and boy, did he 
not let us down. Uh, he and his team are so energizing. I've put a load of links to their work on the show notes, which you can find at marketingdifference.co.uk. Please go there and check out his work. It is really a fun, but it's also genuinely inspiring. And you'll see what he's been talking about in this episode about their approach. Now, we're trying to keep these episodes short and sweet, so I'm not going to do a big summary today. Uh, I wanted to talk to him instead of giving you my uh, my impressions of what he said, but you can find show notes on, um, on well, any of your pod platform and the full ones at marketingdifference.co.uk. Now, next week, I'm joined by a good friend of our sister podcast, Unicorny, Duarte Garrido, who is global head of omnichannel activation at Standard Chartered Bank. Duarte's a legend. He's a global marketing leader. Uh, he's got a really nice way of explaining things, and he's got some truly amazing things to say. Don't miss it. It's coming out next week. Duarte really is one of the best. And don't forget, you can find full show notes, links, and extra goodies, loads of extra goodies at marketingdifference.co.uk. You can also subscribe there to make sure you don't miss content that could change your world. You can also leave us a voice message there too. So why don't you go on to marketingdifference.co.uk, click on the link on the right-hand side of the screen, and say hi. And of course, if you need an agency to help you unlock value in your business, why don't you contact me through LinkedIn or our website, and I will do my best to match you to the right team right today i think that's a wrap so thank you very much for listening and we will hear you or see you next time marketing trek is a marketing difference production from southie anderson the agency group that helps businesses operating in complex environments win the future and this show is recorded at terminalstudios.co.uk pip pip <laughs> <laughs>